Beware of Big Swede. I always wanted a horse. I got bitten by the cowboy bug early. Roy Rogers was my hero. Gene Autry was okay, but he sang kind of funny. More appropriate for the mega-hit song he later wrote and recorded, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. For me, Roy was just what his press agent said, King of the Cowboys. And whoever named his horse Trigger should have gotten a raise and his name on the marquee. But though Roy was the best, he wasn't the only. Any hero with four horseshoes thundering under him got my undivided attention. I even liked the white hats in the cheap old B-Westerns. Guys like uh, Ken Maynard, Hoot Gibson, Lash LaRue, dressed in black, and his white-clad copycat, Whip Wilson. Make that almost any. I could never get past the name of Hopalong Cassidy. Does the English language contain any word less heroic than Hopalong? What were the Hollywood name gurus thinking? Where was the guy who named Trigger? Lash LaRue was cool because he had this marvelous whip. When he whirled it around his head, it was like a modern-day electronic shield. Lash could flick that whip and keep the enemy at bay. He could wrap it around the wrist of a bad man, flip the gun out of his hand, and hogtie him with his whip. Nobody ever explained to me why the bad man didn't shoot Lash while he was swinging his whip around his head. But actually, for all the noise and flying lead in those old westerns, I don't remember anybody ever dying from a gunshot. Even the chief villain usually got run down in the last horse chase dragged out of the saddle by the leaping hero and pummeled into bloodless and bruiseless submission to be handed over to the sheriff. The top-tier cowboys often had a fumbling sidekick for comic relief. Gene Autry's was Smiley Burnett. Roy Rogers was George Gabby Hayes. The low-budget heroes apparently couldn't afford this luxury on the payroll, but we watched them anyway. We would watch anything on Saturday afternoon. You could restock your mind and imagination with a double feature, a couple of cartoons, a March of Dime News of the Day newsreel, and the demise and miraculous survival of Captain Midnight. <laughs> Every week, CM would get himself blown up, pushed off a cliff, drowned, or shot dead. No problem. Next Saturday, you would come for, his, for the last rites and burial, and instead see, again, the final scenes from the one you watched the previous week. You would see a detail you didn't notice the Saturday before, mostly because it wasn't there that week. I remember once his car went flying over a cliff, hit the ground, exploded, and burned. 
That was totally, absolutely, incontrovertibly the end of Captain Midnight. It couldn't be any other way. But we came back next Saturday, and they showed that deadly scene from a different camera angle. Lo and behold, Captain Midnight had miraculously freed himself from the car on the way down and dived graceful as a porpoise into a nearby stream of water just as his car exploded on the nearby rocks. We all went, yeah, right. But we were back again next Saturday. All this adventure for us and babysitting for our parents came at the nominal cost of 13 cents up until age 12. Then the cost skyrocketed, more than tripled, in fact, to 40 cents. There wasn't much we could do to resist this robber baron exploitation of our natural aging process. We did all we could. We hunkered down at the window and tried to look small. For those of us who were tall for our age, this was not very effective. Monty Montague and I suffered from this. Max Reese didn't. He was such a little springy guy, I suspect he could still get in for 13 cents if that were still the prize schedule. Actually, it didn't help all that much to scrunch down at the ticket window because even if you did get that coveted 13-cent ticket into your sweaty palm, you had to go inside and face the wrath of Old Swede, the ticket taker. We always figured he wasn't Swedish at all. One accent was the same as another to us. We figured he was a commandant of some Nazi prison camp before Mr. Breathwaite, the theater manager, imported him to intimidate us. Swede had wormed his way into America and was using the Star Theater as a cover. He wasn't fooling us, but neither, we are, <laughs> but neither were we fooling him. He would start working on us tall ones when we were about eight. We would hand him our 13-cent ticket. He would scowl and say, You are the over 12. We would tremble and protest that we were only 8 or 9 or 10 or 11 or 11 and a half, 11 and 3 quarters, 11 and 11 twelfths. <laughs> I had heard about prisoners being tortured for information. The standard advice from the old hardened ones was, don't let the answer into your head or it will slip out under the strain of torture. I took this seriously. I kept only two words in my head as I went into the theater and stood before Swede at the bar of judgment. Only eleven. Only eleven, only eleven. No matter what ridicule or threats or glowering the Swede might heap upon me, I would repeat my mantra. Only eleven. This worked for months, partly because I had the forces of right and truth on my side. I was, in fact, only eleven. But so many grown-up things happen to you when you turn twelve. If you're a Mormon boy, you get the priesthood. 
You get socked with a couple more meetings on Sunday, but you also get a little more respect. You go from grade school to junior high school. Now, in your school are guys who even shave now and then. It was hard not to feel all of a sudden grown up. Too hard. Standing in front of Swede that fateful day, I lost my cool. Swede took my 13-cent ticket and grumbled, How old are you? Uh, 12. I mean 11. I blurted out. Too late. I was 40 cents worth of dead meat. The downside was I had ended my fate. I was probably bound for some underground railway off to a German Stalag for the rest of my life. At the least, my financial future was ruined. I would be paying 40 cent tickets forever. But the upside was that something happened that day that had never happened before in the Star Theater. Maybe in America, maybe in Europe, the entire world, for all I knew. Old Swedes, frozen face, cracked. He couldn't restrain himself. He broke into a smile. It was stunning to watch. It was almost worth 40 cents. If some is good, more is better, or not, my father taught me.